Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Men's Day podcast, and it's the third episode of our deep dive into Sunderland Till I Die. Tonight, we're going to be covering episodes five and six of the Netflix documentary series. We're fairly balls deep in it now, and once again, I'm joined by Gareth Barker. Hi, and Chris Weatherspoon. Hello, how are Ooh. you doing? Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Just so is, that Defi, is that Defi Gareth? Yeah, yeah. we've got a we've got a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If anyone's going to break um, quarantine, it's one of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Bit of a mild admin. Um, On the last one, Rory and um, Matthew were discussing uh, the Taz. Now, I can reveal that there is a caramel Freddo. Um, is there? There is. Right. Is that so? That's essentially, so it's essentially that is essentially a Taz. So Taz has just been they've been rebranded into caramel Freddos. Uh, no, 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 no. So if you you know if you get on online and you you're missing Tazes, there you go. It's a caramel Freddo. Obviously, it's just in the shape of a frog instead of a Tasmanian devil. Um, but you know, it depends how you derive the pleasure. Is it from the chocolate or is it from the the shape of the product? I'll let you decide. I'm I'm not a big fan of caramel at all. Um, in fact, I hate it. So <laughs> in fact, I, I hate it. Avoid it. You, you don't well, like caramel. No, you, you get you're jipping yourself though, aren't you? You buy your Taz and you're getting 100 percent chocolate. Right. For the same price, you're buying a, a Freddo. You're getting half the chocolate and half of a foreign body that you don't want. Well, it's used to but, fill out. Yeah, but if you're buying a Taz, you want the caramel, surely. Yeah, exactly. Surely. Oh, hang on, hang on. What's the difference? I thought Taz was all chocolate. No, no. A Freddo's That's all Freddo. chocolate. A Taz is chocolate and caramel. Right. But they don't do Got Taz's it. anymore, as they were saying. But you can get a, a caramel Freddo. Why don't they do Taz? Do you think it's some kind of like... Well, it's probably appropriation outdated thing. now, isn't it? How, how well, can you... Tasmania still exists. Yeah, but nobody's watching, you know, Looney Tunes now, are they? Well, they might, they might be now. We're going to run out of Netflix soon, Gareth. Would you eat a caramel-filled pepper pig? Mm. Not a Kinnerton one, because that's horrible. All the parents yeah. out there know Kinnerton chocolate's the worst. It's nothing worse, like, when you open a, like, an advent calendar oh, and it's it's Super Mario <laughs> getting, yeah. and, you, and you, you, like, look on the back and it's like, chocolate by Kinnerton. Yeah. Just put it straight <laughs> in the bin. Just dog chocolate. Yeah, it's disgusting. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. So... Episode. That was about as, that was about as pointless six. as a Sunderland meeting about um, a transfer window, as we'll yeah, see later yeah. in one of these episodes. 
you all get up and leave after that. So, um, I, I would dearly, dearly loved Simon Grayson. He's he's now left, as a, as covered by Matt and Rory, and now we're left with uh, with Chris Coleman. Uh, so this is our first exposure to to the Welshman, um, and he starts off uh, this episode on the wrong beach in the North Sea. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. Yeah, is it is it Tynemouth? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was Tynemouth. Yeah. And I was like, he, mm, he, there's a little uh, beachside beachside cafe, um, which is quite nice actually. But um, that's where that's where they're having the the bit bacon sandwich. Um, I just wish that could have been done in Sunderland. It's well, a shame. They could have gone into into Fausto if Fausto was there at that point. Maybe um, they did it because if he had gone for a walk at Sunderland Beach, he would have been like they would have been stopped every two minutes. Yeah, logistically, so maybe that was why. But it was, it was a it looked like a nice walk, but I think like, you know the the thing about Coleman is, and like I was a bit sad watching it back because he is so charismatic, and even though you know what's gone on and how it all ended, you still like give him another go, get him back in. Um, yeah. I don't know, it's just weird. He's just got something about him, and I think like that's you know they're all talking about it in the other episodes where they're like. He makes you feel like, you know, everyone's behind him and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think we we drew the short straw with these episodes in that regard because it's like definitely. it's proper like a kind of like it's like being forced to watch your ex when it was good, mm. and it's like and it, and it's like really heartbreaking because all, all the way through he's he's like really positive and he's really optimistic and he's he's talking up the club and everything and you're like sat there going. Yeah, we know how it ends, Chris. We we know where this yeah. is headed, and it's like like I, my notes for this episode are just I love Chris Coleman yeah. because that's that's basically how the episode makes you feel. I know it, it's. I've I've got a slight problem with the notes that I made because I watched uh, episode five again last week, um, and I'm not sure whether I understand the notes I've made. I've just written like point point three on my notes here is bad attitude. That's like that's Lewis Graben. I'm basically no, that's basically Lewis. Alan Barton. Yeah, yeah, that's Lewis, yeah. That's Lewis yeah. Graben. Free, or... sco- free scorer. Actually, no, change that to bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're now at the stage of the series, like when the when the credits come on, it's very much a skip intro situation now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mainly I... because I didn't leave a, a lot of time to watch these before we did this yeah. but so i was trying to like cut out as much as i could but um yeah you kind of it's quite a long intro as well isn't it for like yeah, yeah it drags is. on a bit yeah it's nice it's a nice song don't get us wrong it's it's a nice song i don't i don't think it fits the series personally i think it's controversial it's, it's, well oh yeah, it's a nice song and it's a it's a local artist and, and you know so you know you know more boxing... important than ever what we spot local artist but jeepers creepers it's just a bit it's a bit sad, isn't it? So you know, boxing deal last season against Bradford. Were you like yeah. the? Were you like one among forty six thousand like booing when he <laughs> when he was on the pitch at half time? Turn, like, turns this, my back. This is shite. I don't he doesn't hear sing this. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts with a, a lovely game of head tennis, and I, I think Does. I want to see I want to see more of this head tennis game yeah. between. Um, Coleman and Kit Simons and uh, Kevin Ball and Robbie Stockdale. See, I when I was when I was watching this at first, I was like, the way like Coleman was taking the, the piss out of Bawley, I was like, oh, that's that's a brave move. Then I remembered they're actually like good mates, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Played full together. 
Yeah, because yeah. at first I was like, wouldn't be doing that, Chris. Like, I know you're six foot whatever, but wouldn't fancy that. He's, he's probably, you're probably going to be on, on the end of the first ever sliding tackle in a game of head <laughs> tennis. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, it's quite, it, it's quite, um, the thing that stood out to me was like, it's quite a contrast from like racing, isn't it? Like, and not, I'm, I'm not saying Simon Grayson definitely doesn't get involved in those sorts of yeah. ways and that, but like, it, it's just like, it kind of summed up like the difference in the characters and like Coleman, yeah. just like, I think like what um, Matthew and Rory said about like the fans reacting to Coleman, like it was a completely different kind of level of appointment. And I think you kind of see that in the personalities like throughout the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. Then, uh, but Mr. Yeah, David Brent pops his head around the door. (laughs) It's full Brent. When Finchie's here, yeah, it's Brent down the warehouse, isn't it? Monkey, Monkey Allen, Monkey Kevin. He's like in there, like like, trying to have some banter with Kevin Ball. It's absolutely terrible. It's like a proper Brent moment where he just pops his head around the door, tries to get involved in the crack. Yeah, like Martin Bain's definitely the type of person that would like go into a dressing room and like say something like like. Like, hands off your cocks on with your socks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. He definitely like completely inappropriate. He definitely gets changed in like the open middle section of the changing rooms in any yes. public exercise facility. He's toweling off. He's flossing. He's got his leg up on the bench. He doesn't care. And he's like, and he's like, he's all, he's definitely one of those who like he he faces towards the door. For someone yeah. coming in, oh. just so that when they walk in and they My feel boys. uncomfortable, yeah, he can yeah. just be like, <laughs> "All right, lads." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 nothing worse. Yeah, no, we don't have that anymore. No, James. Yeah, yeah. A, a small mercy <laughs> for yeah, whoever so goes to Martin Bain's gym is that um, you won't have to see his genitals for the foreseeable on your exercise. <laughs> see, we're all like you said for the foreseeable. We're presuming like this is. We're gonna get gyms back. Maybe like in ten, in ten years' time, people will be listening back to this podcast. Like, oh yeah, remember, remember when we had those? Remember gyms? Yeah. Now, remember like, people, yeah. like, like remember people left the house. Yeah. Now we just have Maybe. to run away from the police. Yeah. <laughs> You're exercising for the second time today. <laughs> Come this way, sir. So, it takes us into the uh, first game of 2018, um, and as yeah. it is. Yeah, the quote there is, we want 2018 to be a whole lot better. I think, <laughs> think Bali says that, doesn't he? Yet another always sunny moment in this series. Yeah. Um, it's full of it. These these two episodes is, are full of all this hope and kind of we can pull yeah. ourselves out of this. And It's like, yeah. what what's the what's the opposite of like foreshadowing? Because we're like really, really good at it. Like we're really good at like predicting exactly the opposite of what's going to happen. <laughs> but everyone, but, everyone... Everyone believes, don't they? Like in in your team, and I guess with Sunderland, the thing is, there's just more people to believe, and then more people will be disappointed. Um, but there, it, it yeah. is the atmosphere. It's just like everyone's just such a there's such a buzz, and everyone's like fully invested in Coleman, and like he's just lifted the whole place. He's lifted everybody. Yeah. Um, well, I think one thing that strikes me about a lot of the match footage from from these two episodes, particularly, it's. Just how desperate it looks. I know. I know the yeah. pink seats. The pink seats don't help, but uh, it looks really like because this was well into the point, wasn't it? Where like 
the attendance that the red out bore no resemblance yeah. to like the amount of people mm-hmm. like i think that's really noticeable in actually i don't think it was the bar well it is noticeable in the barnsley game there was another game of the, the, Bre- on there, I thought. the, brentford, the brentford game, game is a lot yeah. yeah. for me yeah. that that'll be the game that i'll always remember from that season and we'll cut, I, I know we'll talk about it yeah. later but that's the game I'll always like that when I think about last, that season I think about the Brentford game every time yeah. for a number of reasons but we'll talk I, about I the Brentford game mean, when yeah. we come to it I thought yeah. this Barnsley game like I actually thought they, they kind of made it look more interesting than it was yeah. Because I remember the game itself was terrible. Yeah. Like it, it was New Year's Day one. It was freezing yeah, it was, cold, yeah. and and it was absolutely garbage. But like in this, like they kind of they somehow spliced together some footage that makes it look half interesting. And in reality, yeah. it was shite. I remember Oviedo hitting the bar from the free kick. See, I'd I'd forgot about that. Do you know what? Like I was thinking about other games, like Ultimate Banter, where like we've missed. Where remember the Reading game. Was it Coleman's first home game in charge of Reading game, and we oh, and um, McManaman like handballed it in on half time. We thought we'd scored, and then he got we, the goal got disallowed. He got sent off. <laughs> we went in, would, yeah, nil would that nil. One nil up, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been one nil. It was right on half time, so he went from like one nil up right on half time to nil nil in downtime I... men. Because we'd won the week before, hadn't we? Was it, that when we won down at Burton, and then this was his first home game in charge. See, this was the thing. This episode, like, because obviously two days before the um, the Barnsley game, would obviously would won down at Forest, hadn't we? Where we'd had like, I think we'd literally yeah, had one yeah, shot yeah. and scored from it. And I, I get why they left it out because obviously, like, they've only got a finite amount of time, and it probably doesn't help the narrative that they're building towards. But I was a little bit because dis- that that was class. That was like probably one of the best away days of the season. Do they yeah. do they show any games that we win? Uh, the Norwich game is that it? is that it is that the only game that or the Burton, the Burton or the Burton one. game of course they didn't show they didn't show the whole game you know no, the no, that they ended did, yeah, yeah. the calendar year of of did they show that no they didn't uh, no they didn't because no, that that's I'm I'm sure that no it's the Fulham end. it's Fulham game they show that right. they showed the Fulham game which was the calendar year one yeah. when uh, oh, right, okay. the Magic scored so it's the whole game where where Asoro and uh, Magic led the line for us yeah yes because yeah, that. that, that yeah, that should have been in this that. episode. Yeah, yeah, it should be because that that kind of perfectly illustrates that maybe we will be okay um, without Fletcher and uh, without Graben and um, and and Vaughan. Yeah, um, obviously, so that, obviously we weren't. But I think that's a good point because, like, I mean, trying out. I know we're going to come on. We're trying out to skip ahead, we are but like in darting about a bit, aren't we? In, well, yeah. I was just going to say, like, kind of. There's a bit in like episode six where like Nick Barnes is saying, "Oh, they've given themselves a chance," kind of thing. But I think if you were just watching it, like, and you had no idea what had gone on in the season, obviously, like, Southern fans were no different than that. But you don't really see, apart from the Burton game, you don't actually see any victories for Coleman. So you, there's a chance when you're watching it, you'd be like, "Well, hang on a minute, how have they given themselves a chance when <laughs> every bit of footage is them conceding?" But, but um, when you look at the league tables, it's like we're never. That's just so frustrating when I'm never really out of touch. I mean, I can't remember what the mm. final league table was, but I think, were we only five or six points? I think, yeah, so. by the end, it, it was weird because, I mean, obviously Rory and Matthew will cover this yeah. in the next one, but like... And we had, we that, I mean, we had that run we at the end of the season, there. didn't we? We had like a, yeah. a decent run of games at the end of the season where we just couldn't quite we kept convert them. Yeah, we just couldn't quite convert 
the the gate the, the performances in the in the points. Yeah. What's that, um, that Norwich the, game? The Norwich game. Because we oh. I, I, I I've I spoke about this before, but and I know I know Matthew and Rory will probably cover it, but yeah, I I went there, and I left. I wanted to leave on like eighty eight minutes, but my daughter was like, "No, I want to stay. Like, you don't want to stay. It's a school. <laughs> Just go home." And she was absolutely furious when that equaliser went in. We were out of the bottom three. Yeah, yeah, we were. Well, what we could have done with them those games was Lewis Graben. Yeah, which well, is a nice little yeah, link yeah, back. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah. it kind of it. We obviously covered the first transfer window, so we get to do maybe we like the transfer experts. Um, but yeah, Robbie Stockdale's um, kind of ongoing. Or forget the targets we identified. Then, like, he's really confident that like they'll get out of it. Mm. I'm just thinking, yeah, like, there's this running theme where it's like, but it's always like we've got no, we've got no like, um, we've got no money. So like, Martin Bain just all the way through, like, basically we've got no money. So I'm thinking, like, well, who we had money in the summer, and that's the window you had, and then January yeah. we got no money. And you're like, con- like again, it's that sort of winner's confidence, isn't it? Where you're like, well, if we just do this, just do that, we'll get out of it. Yeah. But, you know. I the- think lose, losing, losing your strikers, you can't really. <laughs> I think that's like the. You just can't mitigate for that. That's like the main takeaway from this one, isn't it? Like they're literally realising like they've, they've lost the best striker. Um, they've also lost their worst striker. In James Vaughan, and then it's like, who are we going to get in? And it, it's kind of, and what did what did you think about the bits with grabbing? Because I just think it comes across oh, a prick. an absolute. I've called tosser. him a. I've written the word smirking fucker. I put <laughs> I put smug. Yeah. So he, and he just lies as well because he reckons he's. And is that he's, when he's like, no, no, getting subbed up in sixty minutes? You're like, that never happened. See, I literally. Yeah, that's, I'm not sure it, that's for me. Yeah, I'm not sure that's for up. me. It was like, well, yeah. it, maybe it isn't all about you, mate. So I looked yeah. it up and I was like, so you got took off at Wolves on 84 minutes, but we had 10 men. So you're kind of like, okay, take a striker off. Like, it's kind of understandable. You got took off at, at home to Fulham on 73 minutes when Magic came on and won the game. So you're like, well, justified. And then you got took off against Birmingham on around the same time. So when he's like banging on about 65 minutes and that, it's total bollocks. Like, yeah, he's clearly like, I, I think because like, I think like now there's a kind of like revisionist thing where like kind of fans get blamed for grabbing and leaving, like where it's like oh all he did like that that line about all he did was score goals, but really like Coleman kind of says it himself like he didn't want he Graben didn't want to be there for whatever reason. Yeah. Could Coleman have done more maybe there? I mean, if that's his attitude, then that's his attitude. I think that's but, the thing, but I, like it clearly wasn't a good relation working relationship between the two. Yeah. And that's yeah, probably going to colour the though. whole thing. You could clean if you had if you had a good working relationship, you'd want to stay. But there is a like I know like again it's after the event and not really anything to do with this. But you have a, like stories about saying the players actually didn't really take Chris Coleman, which is funny because I think every, everybody else in the world did, but like the players yeah. didn't. So I was I was thinking about this, and do you not think it's kind of like I think. Definitely throughout these two episodes, Corman like comes across as like kind of really appreciative of like the, being at the club and like the people who work at the club and all that. And I can imagine him like coming in and being like, 
none none of you like care enough sort of thing. Like he kind of hints Maybe. at it, and, it, and he yeah. do, he does kind of hint at it, and we'll, we'll come on to like the, what he says about Rodwell and stuff. But like I don't know, maybe because Grayson probably well definitely compared to Corbin probably was a bit of a soft touch. So it's kind of like I I I wonder whether it's whether that's the kind of easy sort of complaint. I know what you mean about them like. Obviously, as a manager, he's got to manage them, but I just feel like his his attitude is what it should be. Whereas, oh you don't yeah, really get that you're right. But at the, the same players. time, it's like in the situation they were in, we get rid of two strikers. Yeah, really well, our striker and James Vaughan, and then yeah. like replace them with. I mean, let's see where we've gone. Turn me page over. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it, there's no joined up thinking again, is there really? Um, yeah. With that, with with anything they're doing, and you know, it was like, well, we'll get we'll get rid of Vaughan and Graben, and then we'll we'll replace them. Yeah. But like, they should have learned from the summer that it's not that easy. Well, there's that like really like awkward scene, isn't there when um. Ian's on the phone to Chris Martin's uh, agent. Chris Martin's agent, and yeah. it's like to be fair, like Ian obviously realizes what's going on, but yeah. when you listen to it, it, it's it's classic like it's 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 classic like like the girl trying to let the guy down gently, kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go out yeah. next week, but you're I, never I think gonna ben, go out Ben's next all week. Too aware as well, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's, you're, you're right in that he's very much. He he knows what's going on, and I didn't really appreciate that at the time. I, even after even after seeing it, I didn't think that he was being played. But there's a bit where he goes, um, uh, Bane asks him if if he's keen to come, and he can't. The the agent leaves the gap and goes, yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. I gave such a lie. lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's really keen to come, but he needs the weekend to, to check how keen oh, the company is. It's yeah, just the, the whole weekend. thing. It was like in a, in a way, you know good that we didn't get somebody like that because like to sit like he's, he don't, he doesn't need to see the ground he doesn't need to see the training facilities why don't you yeah like why yeah. don't you like, like where where has he played in the past that yeah that would compare I why does why doesn't it exc- why doesn't it excite you that you've got an opportunity and you might as well go and have a look you know but i guess the toxicity at the time around everything to do with the club might have been off-putting but yeah. I mean, well, I was he, say, he went yeah. to Reading. He went to Reading, which is like, in my opinion, the most pointless football club in the country. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's in the middle. It's just nowhere, and the stadium is named after a man who built it, and it's empty. With there's like six thousand people go to games there, um, unless they're in the yeah. Premier League. Um, it's just a weird thing. But yeah, they have really annoying fans as well. It just was really annoying. It's just like I don't know. You, you, that is. If there's a point in the documentary where you have sympathy with Martin Bain, it is that when he puts the phone down to that agent and Mm. and he does say it's. I think at the moment it's the toughest job in football. Yeah, Um, and and from a just from a basic working to do the job that he's got to do at that time and the the task that the club's faced with. He is pissing into the wind, like yeah. Regardless, yeah. like I think, like to be fair to like being and well, 
call them by extension, like this episode. Because I remember, like, obviously, like, I think they came in for a lot of criticism after this transfer window when it transpired that we hadn't really improved much, if at all, kind of thing. But this kind of highlights what they were battling against. Like, you've got a bloke from Derby County who looked like Derby County, like, decent championship side, nothing more kind of thing. And he's, like, messing us around, which it just shows how, like, unattractive the club was to players. And, like, it's quite... I never clicked this on, like, the first time I watched it, but, like, the players are actually, like, discussing, like, new signings. Yeah, yeah. you can tell, like, when they're seeing, like... I I think it's it's about that Chris Martin saying, like, oh, he doesn't want to come kind of thing. And one of them's just, like, fucking hell. Like, so... And, I, you can tell they're, like, absolutely... Like gutted by it as well, so you you can see how the mentality was what it was. The point out as well that Chris Martin had scored one goal uh, that season, and I think he'd actually made about twenty appearances. Yeah, he had. Yeah. Um, So I think at the time there was a bit discussion about like, well, why on earth are we in for him? And really, it probably is best um, we didn't we didn't get him because. You know, I think he probably. You know what? If he had, if his, if he was nothing else, he would have come here. And he'd be he'd be had the same attitude as Lewis Graben without any. I was going to say yeah, it's just so, like for like in it. Yeah, in terms of attitude, not attitude, not in quality. So yeah, you know he probably so dodged we've, a we've, bullet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, we've skipped past uh, the the snow day. Yes. Oh, ah, yeah. see, this is where Chris Coleman, the love again when he's cleaning the pitch. What a guy! Yeah. yeah. How how can you not like him? Yeah. Fair Being there as well, getting in there. Yeah, they're all involved. This um, is the immortal Aidan McGeady gimps yeah. scene, isn't it? Bit of when yeah. all the bit when of all the young lads are chucking snowballs at Mild misogyny from him <laughs> as well, um, yeah. and also sadomasochism as well. Yeah, gimps. Well, yeah, you <laughs> haven't explained yeah, what sadomasochism is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> I mean, just to, get you in, just to get you in the loop. Yeah. yeah. There was talk uh, where when he left, there was talk of bullying. Maybe it was maybe the linked. I don't know. Do you do you not reckon somebody just watched something till I die? So I'm leaving. Was like they must have been bullying the kids. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- there are markers there, aren't there? There are the, like sort of signs hidden in plain sight. <laughs> is abuse. So then, after the uh, after the the Chris Martin debacle, uh, Birmingham three one defeat. Right. Um, this one, I completely forgot about Lamine Corney playing for us that season. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. I've seen him in like I see him pop up on a on a couple of training shots, and I think, oh, that's just a library shot that they've used from like pre season or something. But yeah, he was there all season, wasn't he? Yeah, I completely forgot. And he's like just like how is that? Yeah, this like I've just got how is this the same person who floored Yaya two a couple of years before that? Yeah, like how 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 is that the same footballer? Because just it's worlds days, apart, it? it's yeah. mad, isn't it? That that's a talk about someone checking out because they didn't get the move they wanted. Yeah, shocking. Mm. I mean, that yeah. he checked out for eighteen months. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? So you have uh, Peter Peter Farrer, um, formerly of well, he's been on this pod before, hasn't he? Um, and he, he's I, I really like him. Uh, the taxi driver yeah, he's a really yeah. good commentator yeah, good. Throughout, throughout the series and he's a voice of reason as well he comes out with some really good stuff uh, no more so than this time when he says uh, no match report in the mail not a line 
then leaves a leaves a, a classic beat and then just goes Dory bastards <laughs> Brilliant. just like comic time and... what I what I like is he's clearly reading the mail and then he's still calling them that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but he's right like and he's such he's spot on because it's something at the time we talked about you know where he used to say like you know they all used to turn up for the funeral and that's what it was yeah, yeah and, it you is. know they, they were happy to you know, come and you know, come and witness the end, and then pass yeah. pass comment without it seeing. You know what? Why? How we'd got to where we had? Yeah. I think Did that's, you notice? That's, that's indicative oh, of the coverage of 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 the football league from from national newspapers. It's yeah. very much they'll check in on a team from time to time, like they did with Leeds. The kind of. Then they did it with Middlesbrough as well when Middlesbrough were, were out of the division for for like seven years. They'd pop round and they kind of just put the head around the door and like do this yeah. think piece covering loads of points that we'd all covered in the regional press for for months before. And well, then we, they, then they, we've, well, we've done our bit and then off the go again. We've seen it. We've seen it this season, haven't we? Like, yeah, it took months for them to get their arse in gear. We we'll get one one piece in the Telegraph or whatever, and then that's it. But um, did yeah. you notice what? Uh, Peter was listening to in his taxi in this yeah, episode. Five Live, Wise Men Say on Five Wise Live. Men on five live. Break, <laughs> breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. Hit the big time. Yeah, I wrote that down. What yeah. was it? What was it that it was? Was it me saying get rid of Jack Rodwell? Yeah, it was you and Stephen yeah. on about Rodwell. Yeah. I think Phil Smith was on as yeah, well. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And um, yeah, because I think light, wasn't it? this is the first time in the series I think that they kind of really start to hone in on, like, the fact that we've got no money and the fact that the owner... Like, I think it actually comes up on the screen saying, like, the owner's decided not to invest any more money kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, this is the... I think they kind of use, like... They they literally, like, line Rodwell up as kind of, like, the Antichrist sort of thing because they're like, well, the club's got no money. This guy's getting loads of money off the club. And it's like... It's not a very hard line to draw between the two of what they're saying should be happening. So, just to talk about chronology, and I know that I know that that the the producers have kind of just tweaked the timeline a little bit just to make it a bit more dramatic. But does the Jack well, Rock Rodwell showdown talk does that take place on the on the morning of transfer day, day deadline day? Um, I think I don't I don't know, but I, it was definitely near the end of the window because he yeah. did that yeah. in. They they show that interview in the mail, oh, God, with uh, yeah. with Craig Cook where he's saying like, "Oh, I want to get back in the England team and all that." It's, it's just incredible, incredible, yeah. unbelievable. He might it should have, have been in Hello, like it shouldn't have been in the yeah. Daily Mail, like <laughs> unbelievable. That definitely that, and I, I, I'm not I'm not saying this out of turn, but that had copy approval written all over it. That had yeah. it goes back to his people. He says yes to it. Hundred percent. It helps. It helps his case. It helps him to kind of. Massage, the um, it just the the PR angle. It just yeah. just helped him, and that, that's yeah. all it was. And it was it was a terrible piece from, from just a terrible time for the club. Uh, we we didn't we didn't need that. Well, that's yeah. it's interesting that that you know after Peter said what he said, you know that yeah. appears in that newspaper and it's nothing to do with the football, and it paints this leech in a sympathetic, you know, in a sympathetic light to try and. Sort of make people think, oh, it's actually, it's not all that bad. But you know, yeah. like the thing is, if you look at that and then you compare it to the snippets of him in the show, it's 
you know, they make him look like a tit. So it's just, yeah, compl- you know, you know, you know, you, his attitude when they're um, watching the, um, it's the Fulham game, the Fulham game, and he just yeah, could yeah. not care less. Um, he's just looking you know, at his phone, isn't he? And then when, you know, the, 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 he's like, oh, you know, he's in the changing room, and he's, he's like, oh, you're going to be fifth of the weekend. He's just like, no chance. He's like almost laughing about it, stretching. Like yeah, it's, it's just great. Do the motions, yeah, it's just it, a jolly up. Yeah. Room. Should tell you what's great, like how obvious, not him, not him correct, <laughs> but also how like how clearly Chris Coleman thinks he's a bell end. Yeah. Like when he's because t- he, mm. he's is he on? He's talking to Simon Pride, isn't he? He's talking to Pride. Yeah, yeah. And they, he's he's like the most diplomatic answer he can muster, but yeah. he's kind of like. Because they're saying like, oh well, he's he's at the paper saying like he wants to train hard, blah blah blah, and he's like, well, I haven't really seen any of that. I'm not sure where that's come from, kind of thing. And it's like, I think like go back to what you said, Richard. I don't know if it was definitely on deadline day, but it, that interview was like towards the end of January, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. I think they probably have like dramatized it a bit, but I think it, it is kind of um, sufficiently consistent. I would imagine got some good memes out of it though. Didn't we? Yeah. Oh, that's that the whole kind of Jack Rodwell walks the wrong way around IKEA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Forgot was it, about was that. it Tom who started that? Oh, I can't remember. I'm not. Yeah. Tom was a Brett, Tom was Brett Pittman. Tom did. Brett, yeah, Pittman Brett Pittman from Pop- Brett Pittman yeah. chips PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he might he yeah. might be in season two. That would be. Yeah, he will. We'll be. get to bring yeah, that up yeah. again if he is. Yeah, yeah. Should just put that thread on. Episode four of season two should just be that thread. Yeah. <laughs> should tell you just not about Rodwell and Gareth. I know we spoke about this earlier, but like, I do have sympathy for Bane, but. It is a bit rich yeah. that he's kicking off about how much Rodwell's getting, but he's getting yeah. like one point two million. I know. That's, I keep, it's, I'm just all the time going one point two million pound salary, <laughs> one point two million pound salary for two relegations. How can you start more than we spent in the transfer window? Yeah, like, and it's like, how like I get you? it. Well, I get it that like somebody has paid him that, and it's like that old argument, like. If you were being paid it, you would take it. But then you can't, at the same time, be demanding that someone gives up their own contract to help the club out, kind of thing. Not being funny, but like, because people are like, oh, that's a difficult job, and like, people will be paid like a large amount of money to go into a business and cost cut. Like, I've heard people like excuse them, but I was thinking, Hmm. any of us could go in there and sack everyone and then sign Kazenga Lualoa. And then get really? and then they get paid one point two million pounds. It is. It I is would have two, done that. It is two seasons at the club. We finished the lowest we could yeah. in each season. Like it wasn't even like we like finished third bottom. Yeah. Like we, we finished bottom of the league we both sa- times. We signed and sold Mika in the time oh, at his yeah. club. Uh, yeah, I've I've just got an exclamation mark next to his name here because I completely forgot yeah. about him. We signed. I think we, yeah, Kazenga. I mean, Kazenga Luarlua is like. I mean, it's just amazing. Like. And Coleman never played him. Like he would just never play him. I don't think he started a game, did he? He wasn't he supposed to start the Wolves game and then like pulled out the squad and Luke Molyneux played at the end of the season. Is that right? Yeah. Should I tell you what I've, why is um you know the, the the guy, one of the fans who they follow, um mm. and he's why is he <laughs> it's quite he's he's outside City Hall in Newcastle when he finds out that we've signed Lee Camp and I'm just kinda like 
I'm like, what? What a weird ruin your night. Do you, tell, yeah. do you know what's funny about that? Actually, talking about talking about talking about signedly um, come. Yeah, ruin ruining your night outside of the city hall. I went to see uh, Ricky Gervais at the city hall once, and afterward we were playing Birmingham um, under Roy Keane. And like came out, and it was an injury time, and um, DJ Campbell scored, and we drew one oh. one. So basically, that's a, that's so a that, bad spot. It's a bad to be spot. In. It's a bad spot. Right. That is where bad yeah. things happen. That is the no Sunderland fan should ever stand for that prolonged period of time because no God knows what could happen. Must have had a busker we there. Alan Barrage at City Hall, Gareth. Sorry, we went to see Alan Barrage. Yeah, City Hall. we did. Yeah. That that was the night we played Liverpool, and we we avoided the result. Came back and watched it on the uh, on the old uh, Sky Plus. Did we? I don't remember that. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, that's when, we uh, lose. That's yeah. It was not when uh, Radio Preka Preka was subbed, subbed on and subbed off. Brought on and subbed off. Yeah. Say bad things happen. Bad that. things happen. <laughs> bad things happen if you stand in that spot for too long outside of Newcastle City. I'm all. just thinking, Gareth. Like we're meant. To be seeing Stuart Lee there in July, yeah, that's a, and the, the, there's going to be. I mean, if if the world is back by then, there'll probably yeah. be a game on at this rate. Yeah, well, yes, probably. <laughs> yeah, so, so that'll be interesting so pre- to see what happens. So deadline day, we, we, uh, as you mentioned, in comes Lee Camp, um, and, and there's a little bit of a, a, a running commentary from two of the fans. Um, they're really, they're really happy about. The oh, no, that's great! Yeah. Did Did it's, you it's, notice? It's very funny. Did you notice when they first get introduced, the guy's actually subtitled? Like, I don't know yes. what he's. I don't know what he's saying. Is he Northern but, Irish or, or Polish? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is, yeah. One of the two. Yeah, I just yeah. quite enjoyed that. I think because I think before the series came out, I was like thinking they're going to subtitle every single fan that they speak to. But actually, yeah, I think yeah. he's the only one. Thankfully, I'm not, like, sorry, I'm, I'm just laughing because Chris is getting increasingly <laughs> like into the darkness. <laughs> yeah. We're on hangout. <laughs> he was like bright yeah, and dark. I can't even see him I've, now. I've noticed. We're recording this, this at like around six. Why is like why is that? Six, well, because like but I've God sat God. in the room, like the sun's out the back, <laughs> and there's like a big yeah. massive tree on the front oh, of the window okay. in this room. And the sun's obviously gone round, and I can't like, I can't manoeuvre myself to where the light switch is without making a hell of a racket. I'm still so wetting now. I'm just sat here in the dark. Beautiful, like like some yeah. sort of creepy podcaster. <laughs> some sort. Of, that's all of them, isn't it? <laughs> I see you've got a little there. light. I've just put a light on there. That's better. Just that this. It's good that you, it's yeah. good that you pointed this out actually, because like, yeah. like people a... might. People like, might think we're being yeah, unscrupulous yeah. and it's like gathering. A, it's like the Stuart Donald nightmare, just Chris looming in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just screenshotted it now. Yeah. Anyway, back to the <laughs> back to the, the thing. So yeah, um, deadline day. In comes Lee Camp, um, and the, the the lady in the um, the lady in the house says uh, ticks all the boxes. <laughs> yeah. What, what I boxes? Mean, what but... boxes did did he possibly tick? I mean, Tall, there's, no. there's a very young PC 11. answer to that. But um, Ashley Fletcher comes in. Uh, that's made my night. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Coleman's absolutely buzzing over that. He's like delighted that we've signed him. I, t- I, I think towards the end, Fletcher when Fletcher, like especially in the game, he he was looking great. Yeah. It's just a shame that 
that he, he needed that long to get into it. Um, but he hadn't, play, that, he hadn't played. He hadn't yeah, played he hadn't, for a year. Yeah, he hadn't. And this, it was a horrible it, situation to come into. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. this is a like, this is a problem. Like for people, for players like that, and the situation we're in, it's we're signing players who Ajaria, who's never played a senior game of football, Kazengalu Alawa, who has not played football for a year. You've got, um, you know, Fletcher, who's not played for a year. Lee Camp, who is an is this idiot. Um, <laughs> who, who else did we sign? Jay Clark's older. Doesn't even get mentioned for good reason, yeah. I think. I mean, dear me. He was on loan yeah. at Bri- he played eleven games on loan at Bristol Rovers in League One or League Two, and then we signed him. Yeah, we had we had these players, and it was just they may go on to be good players in their career. I know Clark Salter went on to, to captain captain the England under twenties in Toulon, didn't he? Um, Fletcher's scored a few goals from Berra this yeah, season. He's an all right. Uh, Ajaria is very Ajaria's popular at Reading. Yeah, I thought he was still up. Was he? At Rangers no, no, he, no, he, no. He went to Rangers briefly and got sent, yeah, he did, and got yeah. sent back, and then uh, he went to Reading, where he, he is quite popular. They wanted, I think, when he went on, he was on loan there, and they wanted to sign him permanently in the summer. So, I mean, it, we we got what we we got for nothing, yeah. and that you know that's that, that's how far money goes in the game. It's just it's just the wrong players to get into the club when when we're struggling. They would they would do well in a team in our team now. You know when we're doing a little better. Well, I say yeah, now. <laughs> three weeks ago when, <laughs> when when you know the before time when football was played. Yeah, but yeah, it's just the wrong time to bring those players in. They weren't going to do anything for the for the for the club. You know they tried, but they didn't get it. And I don't blame them for that. You know it's it's just a situation. There's, yeah, there's like a proper optimistic tone from Coleman as well, isn't there? When he's sat in his office and he's like, "We've had a really good day." Like. The people yeah. we've shipped out for the people we've got in, we haven't spent any extra money and all that. And you just, like I said before, it's just one of those. We know how it ends, Chris. Exactly, and I think I think that's what he says there at the end of the episode. Is uh, it's it's been a good window. Um, that's coming from a place of of, of pragmatism. It's been a good window considering the situation. Yeah. Considering there's been no money to spend. Um, considering we've lost our two strikers, one of them being yeah. our top scorer. Um, and the, the the kind of full stop on that episode is is Bane slamming the door when he finds out oh, that um, fume that Rodwell's Rodwell's not uh, not gonna back down. He's gonna you know sit on his contract. Uh, and I, I I can fully understand that anger because yeah. you've got seventy you've got a seventy grand you got a seventy grand uh, like a hole there in your budget, and he's probably he'd have probably been budgeting against against Rodwell going. Well, the the thing about it as well is like. I don't know what, like, obviously you don't get to see what Rodwell said in the meeting, but there must have been some hope from Bain that he was actually going to, like, walk away because he, would, he wouldn't react like that if if yeah. there was, like, you would have thought if Rodwell had gone in there and gone, nah, I'm staying put, I'm seeing my contract out kind of thing, um, that Bain would just be like, all oh, right, okay. But, like, the fact that he rings him up and then that's his reaction, he must have said... I'll seriously consider it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that that takes us to the end of uh, episode five. Um, we'll be back after the break with episode six. No guarantees. No, we'll be back after episode. You know, we'll be back after the. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast, our deep dive into episodes five and six of Sunderland Till I Die documentary. As always, we brought you in in association with uh, From the Terraces. Um, usually, we'd give you the discount code at this point, but under the, the current uh, coronavirus crisis, um, their manufacturer are not operating at the moment. Mm. So uh, we just wanted to show our support for them, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've been banging the drum for local businesses um, you know, across the region. It's, it's a difficult time for everyone, um, no more so than sole traders and and, and self-employed people so so just want to send our support to chris and the, mm. and the guys are from the terraces yeah when when the back up you know make sure maybe chris should do like sort of gift vouchers or something like that that could people can buy now and then you know when when it gets up and running again he can he can get all them printed off i haven't spoken yeah. about that just an idea so if you're listening chris that's, that's a good <laughs> idea and, and, and no I know we, no I know commission discount code as well Yes, I know we've got the discount code, but I'd, I'd be willing not to use that if just just to give them a bit of a boost. Yeah, I don't think the print. And I don't think the print the fulfilling orders, so you're not going to be able to buy stuff at the moment. But you know, of all when you're making a list of all the things, you know that you, you know that you're missing because you have to, you know, stay in the house, which you should stay in the house. You know, if you stay in the house, the longer you stay in the faster this will be over. Think about it that way. You don't need an ice cream that badly. You don't need fish and chips that badly. You know, just get on get on with it, stay in the house, and then when we're all out, go on from the terraces, use the code WMS10, buy your top, the football will start, put it on, get to the match, you can go to the pub again, and everybody will have been having a lovely old time. But the sooner you stay in, the sooner we can all do that together again. Who that needs Boris Johnson? Public service announcement. And <laughs> plug in one. Yep. So, episode six, entitled No Guarantees. This takes us through a pretty desperate time in the season. Um, I mean, the the season is a desperate season, so it's not gonna, it's not a fun and games episode at all. There's no not many banter points at all in this one. Um, yeah, I didn't. Point is, yeah, go on, Chris. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't think I smiled much in this episode. This is it's like... A really, it's a difficult watch, isn't it? Yeah, it's like... Have you ever seen Manchester by the Sea? No. The no. film? It's like no. it's like two hours in which you just like... I don't think like a smile will cross your lips and like that's like... that that This is our Manchester by the Sea. Anyone who's seen it will know what I mean. 
Yeah. It's it like Coleman at the start's like you've got to sacrifice, you've got to suffer. And then good things will come and I'm saying I'm still waiting. Still waiting for <laughs> five years. Um yeah. and no. Still misery and now we can't go outside. So yeah, you know I mean <laughs> I mean it's got a peak soon, hasn't it? The, the negativity's got a peak soon and then, you know, something good'll happen. <clears throat> so you know, let's just let's just follow Chris's advice and uh sacrifice and suffer and then you know we'll be back in the Premier League in ten to fifteen years. Yes. So this fir- the first game of this episode is uh, Bristol City away. Um since titled Bristol. Uh, without giving any well, you know what, you know what the score is, so no no point quite literally footing around it. So yeah, we 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 achieved an a, an heroic three three draw. Um, in the circumstances, being three 0 down at half time down at Ashton Gate, um, the the particular feature of this of this part of the episode is is focusing on um, on Sunderland fan Andrew Camus in his house. Uh, I want to question: Was this done after the game, or was it done I, during the game? I wondered about that. I don't no, know. There's like I think it was during because was they, were, they were actually saying to me, um, do, "What do you do during the game?" Like. Do you listen to it on the radio? We want to come and watch, film somebody. What listen to the match on the radio? But right. but I was going to every game. I was like traveling like to New York for every game at the time, so I couldn't. Yeah. Really, <laughs> so I couldn't really like do it. So yeah. But he does. It's funny because he says like like at halftime he's like oh, you can't just turn the radio off. Um, you can't just uh, like you can't be fickle and sort of give in. I did. I mean, I I just went. Yeah. I, I actually went to Lidl, and then I was in Lidl, and I checked my phone. It was like three one. So I was like, "Oh, put my earphones in," and then like I was walking back with some shopping, and when the equaliser went in, so that was. So I did give up on them. So yeah, Shop, I, shopping all hour. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, shopping all hour the concourse. Yeah, yeah, there was <laughs> limbs, limbs in the um, in the middle aisle. Yeah, chicken thighs. Yeah, there was yeah, there was like gardening shears going everywhere, and and uh, one size fits all trousers and things like that. So yeah, that was great. Um, but you know, you were saying that it's like a sad episode and all that. I think this is the episode where we were in it the most. So thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, 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 <laughs> I know that you actually were as well. That, that was part of my work, and um, yeah, Stephen and Gareth. <laughs> Pop up at the beginning of it before the uh, the yeah. Bristol game. Matthew as well. Um, Matthew, there, there's a there he is moment. There he is sitting in the uh, stand yeah, with his yeah, dad. Uh, yeah, 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 I yeah. forgot about this. Yeah. In his mud phase. Yeah. What yeah. I like, nice. what I like about your bit, Gareth, is like at the exact point where you're talking about yes. them being mentally shot to bits. It's yes. Lee Camp getting off Lee the Camp. team bus. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like that's just cruel. With his, with his unfeasibly high shorts. Yeah. And only one person could carry that look off. True, but it's not Lee Camp. In a revelatory moment, Lee Camp's actually carrying a cup of coffee and he doesn't drop it. So yeah. you know, there's a lovely snippet of things to come from him though with that first Bristol City goal. Yeah, what happened there? He just falls like, over, doesn't he? <laughs> Should I tell you what it reminds me of? Can you remember? Um, oh, what you remember those like like terrible little like tabletop football games where you could just you would have like a a lever behind the goal. And the goalkeeper could only go 
back and forth yeah. across the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like to- he's one it of them. To- Tommy football. Yeah, sort of like a battery that. operated one. That kind of word about, and you could only move players in like straight lines. It's a bit like kind of Conor McLaughlin, but in tiny yeah, kind but of plastic form, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, no, I know the game you mean. Yeah, I mean the 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 Bristol City game is like the kind of like apex of like fan anger in the series, isn't it? Yeah, hey, with the, the the smashed camera. Yeah. Um, which which has been much discussed. It was, dis- <laughs> was it discussed on the pod? The, the smash camera. Can't remember. Set up set up shot. Uh, it might have been in the group chat when there was quite a lot of uh, technical bit. arguments about because yeah. how could you film a camera that's been smashed? <laughs> it, it, like, how did you manage to get that shot? But anyway, um, I did feel bad late, late for the ca- cameraman at that yeah, point because yeah, he's mean, like it clearly is kicking off that. quite badly, and he's just there doing his job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I know that the anger anger had reached its peak, and it was pretty pretty raw. But yeah, there's no, there's no excuse for that. So yeah, Lee Camp comes in and says, uh, "I want to come in and make a difference." Uh, do you think he did that? Looking back now, do you think he made a difference? The the kind of difference he was hoping for. <laughs> I'm glad you asked the second bit because he yeah. certainly made a difference. Team, so obviously we, we we know what happens in that game. Three three, pretty yeah. Uh, Pretty good. Well, shows a bit of spirit. Let's let's move on to the next game and, and you know work on that. Um, Shall I tell you what I forgot about in that game? Ashley Fletcher's miss. Yes. And awful, like, is I that, is that a good save, save or a miss? I think it's well, it is a good save, but he should score. Like he's what, like four yards out, yeah, or yeah. something. And I think like that massively impacted him. Like I think if he scored scored then we might have seen more from him. Or certainly, we would have seen what we saw later in the season a bit earlier. Maybe. Well, he got booed off in the next game against Brentford. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the point I was just about to make about taking the, the momentum from that, that that last gasp draw straight into the Brentford game where they were like even more insipid in a home performance. Oh. That that was... I know we're, we're, we're skipping ahead here because there's quite a lot to go at in between the games, but... But yeah, it was just kind of that was where that squad was, wasn't it? it? Just every high point was followed by a crushing, crushing low. Yeah, I think that was, as I said earlier, that was the game where I. That was when I knew that it was going to get worse. I think there was talks at the time about pro, like off the pitch. It's not really covered in the show at that point, but. Um, a lot of like protests and you know discussions about could something be done and you know there was a lot of that at the time and I think yeah. you know the, the it was, that was one of the worst performances I can remember from in the atmosphere it was flat there must have been about seventeen eighteen thousand in the ground mm-hmm. it was just a wait like it was a waste of an afternoon it was terrible really shocking. Um, and obviously Ashley Fletcher getting booed off. Yeah. You know, after and you think he's only played three or four games probably at that point and did fail from a bit because it gets to everybody, it's like you haven't got any time whatsoever. You to you haven't got you can't get you you know, you can't there's no time for sighters at that point. It's just you've got to be you've got to hit the ground run and it was just never gonna happen with the players are brought in. And the the abuse that some of these players got was, it was just 
the situation. I don't think it yeah. was, you know, it was them and yeah. feel from a bit in that in in that instance getting you know booed off. And I think after that, it was a long way back from. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think I think the problem with it was was like we were all so like massively fed up kind of thing by yeah. by the like I'm not saying like it was fair for him to get booed off but it, it's just it's it's not like it's not like he's been so terrible in the three or four games or anything it's like an accumulation of like like obviously like people who watch this like I know at the start of the series it talks about us getting relegated but it doesn't really explain like quite how how dire the season before that had been and and it's kind of I, I mean the good thing is like the series does seem to have like shown us largely in a good light like it, everyone has yeah. like positive views on the fans but um there was there was a wonder whether like people would think oh like they're a bit entitled and, and I think I think they get across that like we have been through the mill but I, I think even when they do that it doesn't kind of capture the extent of just how bad it's been yeah so uh, in between those those two games um we get a little bit more of an insight into, into Johnny Williams um and this this is just it, sad it's just really sad i mean they should have yeah. played the, the, the peter beardsley <laughs> in the background from Atletico Minsk yeah, yeah. without yeah. without the wife yeah i just don't wanna, i don't want to make fun of him because it's really it's really no it is yeah it, I, no. I, like why, why, I really but, like him, but why is he being billed as a second coming of Christ? Or like, well, why? Yeah, like, that, yeah. I mean, he wasn't that good. Do you not think they've like they've kind of because when Coleman first comes in, he's like one of the players that he's like talking about and who's mm. and he's excited to work with. And do you not think like at the time that they're doing it, they're thinking this is a great like narrative, like Johnny mm. Johnny Williams will come back in the team and really propel them yeah. forward, like. Yeah. Because there were a bit where he says, like, Coleman's, like, the most comfortable he's felt with a manager or something yeah, like that. I can't remember McCarthy, exactly. It? <clears throat> it's, the, you know, the first kind of red flag for me is, and this this should come down to, this should come down to Crystal Palace's um, own own staff. I know we have, we have Borley who's working on the loan side when we, when we loan a player out. He's the one yeah. who keeps up with the player and he's, you know, Palace being a Premier League team should have a similar person there. Just that he's living on his own. I know. You know he's and they must know. They must know that he's not psychologically. If, he, if he's not hundred percent a resilient character that could, that could kind of withstand coming up to the northeast and living on his own, have kind of long times of not doing anything other than playing football or just sitting on your on your ass playing FIFA. Yeah. And he didn't seem to from the documentary that from the footage that we saw. You didn't seem to think he had any friends within the squad either um and he didn't seem to go off with them and do do anything kind of constructive with his time other than go train and then go home you well, need someone with you it's because yeah. he's like the only one not living in the hilton if, if he just stopped in the hilton like he'd yeah. have loads of teammates to spend his time with instead he's got like a nice house i have no idea where it is there doesn't seem it's much just, uh, crack does it like no between no, the players no. it's it's not it doesn't feel. It feels all a bit forced. Like when you see them interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, like I, yeah. The the saddest Johnny Williams line is when he talks about considering getting a dog, and you're yeah. just like, yeah. oh no, this this is sad. 
So it goes. Well, kind of yeah, speaking um, of um, that sort of thing, though, Jason yeah. Steele, a broken man in five months, basically, yeah, yeah. is really like, bad. He's like on the floor as well. Yeah, fell out of football. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. I forgot about that. I'd completely forgot about it until I saw the episode. And Save. Thought, oh, he went to Derby. Yeah, this is what I was thinking because, like, because they don't at first they don't show that he didn't go, did he? And then it kind of yeah, like yeah. sit circles back around to it and goes, he nearly went, but now he's back to fight for his place. And you're just like, oh, dear me. Like, he's another yeah. one who I think, like, yeah, I mean, you've just said it there, Gareth, but it's just completely broken. Like, he, look, he's not he's not exactly an amazing goalkeeper or anything, but he surely he's not as bad as he was for us. Robin Wright are literally broken. Um and yeah. completely gratuitous and unnecessary yeah, why? medical footage, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. didn't need to say that. I've written that down. Didn't yeah. need to say that. Don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't, no. it's as if they, clearly they were like, well, it's going to cost a bit of money to send somebody over to Holland. We might as well <laughs> stick in the footage yeah. of his, his finger getting operated on. Yeah. So, so it takes us to the Brentford game, which we've, we've touched on. Um it just looks, I was just saying earlier, it looks absolutely desperate. Um, I thought it was a Middlesbrough game after that, wasn't it? Well, on on, on the programme, it was... It I've went got from, Brentford before then. Oh, I'll carry on. No, it was, well, yeah, yeah, it was Brentford before that. And then it goes to uh, Williams returning return to training. Yeah. Um, and then there's a really weird bit, um, which is Alfie, Alfie Joey from BBC Newcastle. Yeah, yeah he gets a lot of time. Centre. And he's, he does this stand-up act at the, uh, at the stand. stand that looks like it would probably not even play well on like a really bad talent show from the 90s. <laughs> but he gets a really good reaction. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Um, he comes across really nice on... Surprised how blue he was, like, well, like yeah, being on the radio. Like, thrown off the shackles of his, uh, yeah, yeah. his clean-cut radio career, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe he this is the inspiration... Maybe this is the inspiration for the Irishman, because he literally puts well, all three actors from that together. Well, he does the holy trinity of uh, of, yeah. of impressions, doesn't he? And did, it's a terrible segue into the impressions as well. Just all, did you pick up on one of the lines where he said, "You can't be Charlie Big Balls." Yet another yeah. premonition. Yeah. We'll see in season two, Alfie, that you absolutely yeah. can. Yeah. Nice little throw forward there from from the boy Alfie, but um, that really annoyed us. Um, but then in the in in the in the background, we've got the Bolton defeat, um, which we're kind of just skipping over defeats. Yeah, more great. Just... Well, there was lots of them. More great work from yeah. Lee Camp. Yeah, we haven't but talked about what... the bottom oh, sorry. and the six only six points adrift. You know, yeah. that's not insurmountable at that stage of the season no. to be be in February six points adrift. It's six points from safety. Effectively, it's it's not. Yeah. It's not a, 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 a terminal situation. I mean, it proved that it was, but at that stage. But we we're still in touch, though, weren't we? Yes. Speaking yeah. of camp, we haven't talked about what Peter the taxi driver calls him, which I really enjoyed. And he keeps referring to him as carry on camp. Carry on camp. <laughs> and it's just like, there's no like kind of like, this, this is who I'm talking about kind of thing. He just keeps referring to him as that. Yeah. And, and, and quite right, too. <laughs> so the Borough game, um, my my 
recollection of that Borough game was that um, at this stage I didn't have uh, I didn't have the money to get over to New York every week to watch to watch Sunderland um, on the live feed, so I was relying on on Radio Newcastle listening to the games most of the time. Uh, apart from this game, I couldn't get Radio Newcastle um, in in the car because uh, I was because I struggle in seeing to get BBC Newcastle, so um, I listened to BBC Tees instead. Um, <laughs> and that was that was a terrible experience. <laughs> they were going absolutely nuts at ba- uh, uh, Patrick Bamford's two pretty well taken goals, um, and and yeah, the nice little sweet payoff with the yeah. McManaman. Equaliser yeah. they, were, they were they were on the knees at that point. Ledbetter scoring as well. Yeah, I've got yeah. a penalty. Yeah, he's a penalty, wasn't he? Yeah. Were you at that game, Gareth? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just because it was Richard saying he wasn't, and I I was I was on a stag do. Oh, no, um, no, I was there. Yeah. I, I just like because I was trying to think like how I how I felt when this was all going on, and I distinct. I mean, I was on a stag do so. Probably another reason why, but I, I just remember being kind of completely indifferent by yeah. this point. Like you, you knew the writing was on the wall, yeah. And it was just kind of like I think that for me personally, anyway, is like where the the series starts to like divert away from how we actually felt as fans. Because I think even at that point, you kind of you knew where it was headed. There wasn't really that much hope left. Yeah, we could never quite. Whenever there was an opportunity to kick ourselves out of this, we could never quite keep our heads above water. Yeah, um, there was an air of, of inevitability about yeah. it at that stage of the season where you think I, we'd been hit so many times, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I think we, we weren't rolling with those punches anymore. We're just going like, well, what, 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 what have we got? What next? can we do? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed that they left out Jake Clark Salter's red card. In oh, no. that, presumably because they didn't want to label the whole series in 18. I don't think he's even like referenced in it. No, no he's not. You see him live in the background. The, uh, yeah, I saw yeah, one pop, clip of him. He pops up on the whiteboard when they're like going through formations and the yeah. injury list and stuff. You'll see his name, but yeah. that's it. It's it's a fleeting. He's in it more than me. <laughs> 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 I mean, I would well, hope so. No, because it, it's not a big point, but. It, it was two of us in the Wise Men's team, team, Wise Men's team that weren't in the documentary. Um, oh well, you might be in. You who, might be this time next two? week. Who are the two? It's me, me and Gary. Oh. me and Gary Foster, snubbed on the edit, on the cutting room floor. Well, next this time next week, you might be you might be the star of the show. Yeah, well, I have. I, I'm, I'm not not going to give anything away, but I have. I've got myself an agent. <laughs> yeah. Is it Chris Martin's agent? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so straight into the Beast from the East, twenty eighteen. Um, Is that what that was? Because I was I'm trying sure to think. That's what it was? Yeah. yeah February, it? I was March, trying to think, and because um, when I was watching this back, I was like, I don't remember the weather being that bad, unless it was like that year, in which case. Um, yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. Well, first thing I thought when I saw the uh, the lampposts moving all around on the on the kind of camera phone footage, I was like, "Oh God, is this Darren Gibson?" But, <laughs> no, no, not yet, not yet, <laughs> no, not no. yet. That's to come. 
We skipped over Darren Gibson's um, return and then hasty hasty yeah. exit um, earlier in the in I think it was episode five where it was like yeah, it built was. up and he went. So yeah, yeah more no, from him. Got the injury, didn't he? Yeah, more from yeah, him soon. From him. So like Steve, Stephen and Gareth are pop up again. Um, and Gareth, Gareth, you kind of like set the tone for the for the last moments of the episode, weren't you? It was just saying how uh, how as Chris Coleman was one of the only people. And it's been proved out as well. As a lot of managers have come to the club, a lot of players have come to the club and just seen it as like a stepping stone, or they just pass through. They don't yeah. kind of take the job seriously or, or treat it with the the respect that it deserves. And 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 it's it's clear from this episode and the the, the episode that preceded it that, that Chris Coleman wasn't wasn't that type of character, was he? Mm. No, I mean, as I said at the start with Coleman, it's like. In a way, like I, I think, and kind of obviously it's current and the situation with the new owners and stuff, but it feels a little bit like they sacked him because they couldn't have afforded his payoff if he stayed. Um, and mm. you just think, like, you know, you never know, maybe if Coleman had stayed on and a new group came in. And he had a full season. Maybe he could have got us out of League One. You don't know, I guess. And some yeah. people might say, "Oh no, he was crap." I think, um, but I think I think if he'd had the full season, the championship, we would have stayed up. Like not, we wouldn't have stayed up like well. Yeah. But I think we would have got six or seven more points in the first fifteen games. Um, yeah. You know, to 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 get us up because really that's what's done us. It's not Coleman's spell that got us relegated. Really, it's that. You know, yeah. one win in fifteen games under Simon Grayson. I think I, I definitely agree with that. I think we, we certainly would have. I think we certainly would have had a bit, a lot more fight than we did. Um, I think, like to be fair, despite the fact, like we drew them, but like the Bristol City and the Bury games are kind of um, like they show that. Like no matter how bad we were defensively, that we did actually keep fighting under Coleman, which wasn't always the case prior to that. I do think, like in defensive, like. When he went at the end, and I know like this isn't really our our turf. This is Rory and Matthews, so I do apologise. But I think like there's also an argument that a bit like the players that were talked about, he was going to be kind of forever tarred with what had gone on, even if it wasn't kind of massively his fault. But it it has to have an effect. Like it must have been an absolutely horrendous um, atmosphere to be in. And I think that's that's why like these episodes are quite. Not not like funny, but like a bit odd in that like he's obviously an optimistic person, and he's still like even at the end of this episode, I think he's talking about like being up for the fight and like saying mm. things don't come easy and stuff, and like like he's obviously kind of believing, but it I, I just think the whole I think Gareth, do you actually say when you talk about that like talk about like the issues being more deep rooted? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, and like I mean, we've seen, we're seeing that now, and we we've like it's very easy now to look back with hindsight and see that's exactly what it was, and I I, th- I think it's true. Like it it is really I, I it is like we talk about this at the start of the show, but I think Coleman just comes across really really well, and I agree, Gareth. I think if he'd been in charge all season, I I think we would have been all right. Yeah, I don't think we would have stayed up comfortably. It would have been no. we would have been bottom five, but we might have we might have stayed but, up. I think. But he would still be operating under like the same kind of well, like, restrictions, re- oh, wouldn't he? 
if we'd stayed up last year, if we'd stayed up that year, God knows what would have happened. And it's the same almost if we'd gone up in season two. God knows what would have happened this season. Um, you dread to think. Probably would have been worse than the season one of Sunderland till I die. To be honest, <laughs> given given the situation, um, but we're digressing really. But that's probably it, really, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Coleman ends that episode with a little bit of a, a rousing speech, just saying that if if you can't, you know, if you can't deal with a little bit of criticism, or if you know, if you're going into it expecting an easy ride, you know, these moments are not for you. Um, yeah. I think Did you? He talks a lot about character. Um, yeah, he does. I think the crying shame was that he didn't have enough of those characters. But it's funny because at the very start of like episode five, he's kind of when when he when they're in that cafe in Tynemouth, he's like saying how there's like no bad eggs and stuff. So it's a it's no it's no a, he said said there are no bad eggs in the whale squad. Yeah, he did. Oh, he said is that there what are he bad said? eggs in the Sunderland yeah. squad. He did say he said ah, they got a few right. that got to move on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. And because I was when I when I heard that, I was like, eh, really? Because we're just about to have a whole episode on Jack Rodwell. Um, speaking of him and. His mate Kit, like having a drink mm. together. Did you notice like the the different drinks they have after the Middlesbrough game? Red wine. Yeah. So like Kit's got a beer. And... What sorry? I know. Well, I noticed. I noticed Chris had the. Had yeah. The red so wine. Kit Simons has got a beer, and Chris Coleman sat there very sophisticated with his with his vino. Fair play to him. Good he he recognised early that he needed needed alcohol to get through that season. <laughs> <laughs> the the bottles. Yeah, well, they will. Look, we will look at Darren Gibson. They will. The lads will look at Darren Gibson in the next one. Yeah. So Rory and Matt will pick us pick us up from the ground in uh, episode seven and eight. Um, can Sunderland get out of this relegation battle? <laughs> Find out next time. But uh, but in in the meantime, uh, stay safe. Look after each other, and fuck the mags. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.